1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: You going to join us for the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Can you see him in it? It's super cute. Yeah. So last time we were here podcasting together, we are about to hit the road and go on a Big trip and sell our farm and sell everything. And a lot of people thought we were done homesteading for good, which we weren't. Um, we thought we would do an update episode so that people knew our new plans for the year uh, and what they have to look forward to with homesteading and everything else.
3: Yeah, it's amazing how much has changed since then. What month did we do that episode? We
2: recorded that at like the end of September. Okay,
3: so the end of our farming or- year.
2: As always, when September, October comes around, you're tired from the year, you're just, uh, we had a lot go wrong, and we were frustrated, and we vented, and we know we sounded pretty negative. A lot of times I've thought about pulling the episode, we left that episode up because it's a beautiful portrayal, it's an honest portrayal of how most people will wind up feeling eventually on their homestead. At some point, they're going to feel like just quitting.
3: Right, you'll feel frustrated and discouraged at some point.
2: And what usually will happen is, at most, you'll take a little bit of a break, and then if it's something that you love, you're going to come back to it. And that is what this episode is pretty much all about. We have not only uh, come back to the idea of farming for 2017, we have some huge plans for our homestead. And we're going to talk about all that today. First and foremost, we're not done homesteading. The plan was never to quit homesteading. Originally, we were just going to take a short break, go on the road, and learn from other people's homesteads and uh, what other people were doing across the country.
3: And the reason we listed the house was because we were researching and interested in moving to another area of the country to buy a bigger farm homestead that would be a little bit more affordable than the area that we live in.
2: Yeah, yeah. One of the downsides of Connecticut is land is expensive, and really, even at the end of last year, we still wanted to own a bigger homestead. Mostly, uh, not because we wanted to grow the farm much, uh, but I love owning a lot of property, and the privacy, the hunting, and land management aspect really appeals to me. Uh, So we were thinking of moving out of Connecticut and selling the house.
3: (laughs) Natural
2: Have a conversation. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So we were planning on moving. Before we could list the house, we had to prepare the house to be shown. Uh, so we did a little bit to the inside. Outside, uh, we got rid of some animals. We did sell our sheep and our goats. We didn't just do that because of this trip and the plans. Uh, over the years that we've had goats, I have seen time and time again, they're very hard to be a profitable enterprise at a homestead level. Uh, so we both kind of talked about it and we agreed that it was time for us to be done with goats
3: they're hard to profit from on a homestead level and hard to manage with the property we have the way it's set up right now
2: same with sheep uh, so we didn't sell them just so we could go on the trip we really got we rehomed our sheep and our goats because they weren't a good fit for our goals here on on this homestead
3: the sheep actually went back to my aunt's farm so yeah. they they just had a a brief vacation in Connecticut and then returned to where they yeah, were from. Yeah, this was fun. So. <laughs> it took
2: the summer in, in Connecticut and headed back to uh, Pennsylvania.
3: We minimized the farm and we minimized the house. We had the big tag sale.
2: That's right. That was fun. We had uh, a big tag sale. Did pretty good. We almost made a 1000 bucks from a tag sale. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. And we got rid of a lot of stuff, just cleaned the house out. And we got everything ready to sell. The house was ready to show. The farm looked better, had less to care for. And then we listed.
3: We didn't sell the house. We had a lot of interest for this time of year, especially in the winter. But we had a a change of circumstances in our family and our employment, which has got us staying in Connecticut for at least a few more years.
2: Our realtor felt very confident that we, we would eventually sell it.
3: I'm confident we would eventually sell it too. Yeah. Because we realized we wanted to stay in the area, we were looking at some other larger properties up in northern Connecticut.
2: We like the idea of moving a little bit more northern where it's a little more private. But the the properties that we saw that were within our price range were literally a step down from what we have right now.
3: Yeah, it would be starting over for the farm.
2: And with very little, maybe a little bit more land, maybe a little cheaper in taxes. But the houses were in bad shape. And we realized that we don't want to step down. We'd rather, if we're going to buy a new farm in Connecticut, make it a step up. And now it's not the right time for that.
3: Right. So if that means waiting a few years, saving up, and then relisting, we can wait and do that instead.
2: Yeah. But meanwhile... The homesteading bug that gets us every year, you know, fall, you're tired, you're worn out, and you're thinking like, oh, I need a break. Middle of January in New England, and you're just like twiddling your thumbs thinking.
3: There's a reason the hatcheries and the seed catalogs send out their their magazines in January. Because they know. <laughs> you notice
2: it's like right after the holidays. Yep. Now you're sitting there, nothing to do, nothing to think about. And boom, catalog, catalog, and you start paging through. And you do.
3: We, we save them, and we sit on the couch and we look through them. <laughs> like, oh, that looks nice. Pull Ooh, out the we centerfold. Do that this year.
2: <laughs> look at that rooster. Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. That means this year is going to be a little bit different than what we thought back in October. We have officially taken our house off the market, which means it's affecting our plans for our trip. We don't want to leave our house for six months. That's too long to be paying somebody to watch the farm. Mm -hmm. Our trip is going to be shortened. And we'll update people on the trip as the time grows closer with more details. Still going to go on the trip. We still want to take the kids cross-country. But it will no longer be a six-month cross-country road trip. And as we realize we're now no longer going to go on such a long trip. And we're getting the homestead bug. We're starting to think about the farm year. The gears start going and we started coming up with new ideas of the things that we want to do on our farm and on our homestead this year.
3: We have a lot of ideas for this new year for our farm and we learned a lot of lessons last year about what we don't want to do and things we want to improve upon.
2: That's one of the big things, the takeaways from the last couple months here with Homestead you're a homesteader you're going to make mistakes things are going to go wrong and you're going to get frustrated but if you learn from the failures if you learn from the mistakes then they're they were okay yeah as long as you learn from from
3: don't treat it like it's the end all yeah to your endeavors yeah you may have an animal die uh it may be your fault but don't treat it like don't throw up your hands like our our six-year-old don't throw up your hands and say, oh, do, "I'm just bad at this. Forget it. I quit," which we wanted to do in September. That was,
2: and of course, I mean that's that's natural. You're gonna don't feel bad if you've been there, where you're like, "I I quit. I want to stop homesteading for yeah. good." But you know, take a breather, walk it off, and yeah. then learn the lessons. Don't repeat the same mistakes. Right. So with our new plans for this year, everything is based off the lessons we learned last year. Uh, one of those. Probably the biggest lesson we learned is that if we're going to be heavily into livestock, we need better pastures. The biggest problems we had, which we talked about in that other episode, uh, was losing animals because of the worm issue. And losing animals because of uh, having poisonous plants in areas where the animals were. Right. And so we have learned our lesson. We need some nice pastures that we are with good fencing animals can't escape from and we need enough patch pastures where we can do some rotational grazing Uh, we like using the movable electric but that's hard to use when you're like putting it in the woods and in the briars and Mm -hmm. in the thickets it's much better to use your move movable electric within hard fenced squares i had a video on youtube where you'll see me like Calling the goats and running across the farm, and most would follow. But if you're losing animals along the way, and then they're going for poisonous plants, it, it was. Our homestead was not set up for ruminants.
3: Not that many.
2: Not that many. We could handle one or two. Right. We could not handle. So we learned our lesson, and we have some plans to, to change that.
3: Another issue we had was the accessibility, reaching the barns in the middle of winter. Yeah, it was that's a been real a issue. So. With that many sheep and goats through winter, we needed to have the hay deliveries, which was hard to do when you had two foot of snow to pull up the truck to unload the hay.
2: You know, if we want to run a dairy, which we like the idea of a dairy. We go back on that from time to time. And we had the dairy goats. The hard problem was, yeah, just keeping them well in hay. And with that snow, we didn't have a road to the barn. Now, we didn't put the barn there. That wasn't where we chose to put the barn. The barn was already there when we moved in but there was no road. So we have all these lessons learned. We need better usability on our farm, better infrastructure, better pastures, better roads. In the years previous, we have spent probably two-thirds of our time focused on the animals and maybe a third focused on the infrastructure. The biggest lesson, the biggest takeaway from our first five years of farming, infrastructure is king. Focus two-thirds of your efforts on your infrastructure and one-third of your effort on the animals. And that will make your animals, you'll only have to spend one-third of your effort on the animals because it'll be so much easier if you have the right infrastructure.
3: That means this month, January, we're sitting down and we're walking ourselves through everything we do on the farm or want to do in the future and we're saying, how do we improve upon this? What have been the issues we've had in the past, and how can we resolve them with some changes to the infrastructure or changes to the systems that we have in place?
2: A lot of these things, when we moved into this property, uh, there were already buildings. There was already a road. And because they were already there, we just started using them. That's the smart thing to do. You have a building, put it to use.
1: Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal
2: They didn't lay it out for what we had planned. And so what we have come to realize is just using what's there was good enough. But as we grow, we don't have to keep what we have. We can make changes and we can change it for the better. And we can start planning better systems based off you know good permaculture principles. We don't have to isolate things. We can find the way different animals and different goals of ours can work together with the land and we can design it all much, much better than what was already laid out for us. So this year we're focusing on form and function. The infrastructure, the design of everything, and how these systems are gonna work for us.
3: First, there's simple repairs that need done. We have a barn with a leaky roof that Austin's gotta get up there and and find out what's going on and fix it.
2: We go back to that two-third principle if you have most of your time, if two thirds of your time is spent on the animals, you don't have time to do repairs. Right. And we've had these repairs that have been glaring us in the face that I just haven't had the time to do. So we're gonna get we're gonna flop that this year.
3: Those are things that when I see when I go out to the barn, and this is a big bone of contention with Austin. and I, if I he's doing the most most of the work last year because I was pregnant and then I had the baby, and I would go out when I could to feed the goats or get the eggs, and I would see these problems around the farm, this leaky roof or this door that won't shut because it's off the hinges, and it drives me nuts. So I would come in and say, why can't you fix that? Why can't you do that? And he's already working hard enough hours every day moving around these sheep and goats with the the electric fencing, so he's getting irritated because I'm nagging him about fixing a certain thing. So last year we we're bickering a lot, and this year we are determined that it's going to be a better year.
2: I, I keep saying this is going to be the year that we farm together, good, that we learn to farm together, because our styles are different, and that can be tough when you're, you know, when you're trying to do this farm homestead thing together, but one of you wants things to be this way, and the other that way.
3: One of them wants things to be beautiful and clean, and the other one wants them to be profitable.
2: Yeah. What would they? Yeah, I'm like the CAFO guy, and you're like you you, you want to save money
3: on everything, and I just want it to look beautiful and be clean. That's
2: that's a big point. It's funny because that's how it really started back in the beginning. You just wanted a nice little chicken coop, and I wanted to make money, raise fifty more, so we could make money from it. And those are different goals, and they have different outcomes. We all see the way CAFOs look, and we all see the way you know someone's beautiful garden looks, and we're gonna try this year to like meet in the middle and have a beautiful profitable homestead. It could be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And that's our goal for this year. Form and function. Have it look nice and work good. You want it to look nice, I want it to work good.
3: I want it to you want I it want to work doors good too. to close and I don't want a <laughs> roof to leak. Like, I know. That seems reasonable. It's
2: pretty reasonable. So we have a few really big projects planned to improve the looks and improve the usability of our homestead and of our farm and honestly these plans this is the biggest year yet for infrastructure on our farm so I'm really excited
3: it's because you're home now yeah so you have the time to devote to this this kind of thing
2: and one of the big differences I've learned last year we said hey I'm home now let's get more animals but again animals are everyday time this is ham hey, home more now let's devote it to infrastructure Which will then make my job easier on the day-to-day thing.
3: It's not as much fun.
2: I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. It's exciting,
3: but it's not as fun as saying, we're going to get get sheep. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's move some dirt. We're going to get some some, T-posts. Move some dirt. I'm excited to get back in the next video. Hey guys,
2: just a quick break from the show. I wanted to tell you something kind of exciting It's a new way for you to help support the Homesteady podcast without spending an extra dime. Next time you're going to go shopping on Amazon. Before you go to Amazon, go to amsteady.com. That's A-M like Amazon and steady like homesteady.com. You'll instantly be forwarded to Amazon's website. But in that millisecond that you're forwarded there, Amazon will log the fact that we sent you there and we will receive an affiliate bonus should you buy something on Amazon. It costs you nothing extra, not a penny, but a small amount of what you spend will be given to us so we can continue to produce the show that you love at no extra cost to you. Just head on over to amsteady.com, buy whatever you were planning on buying anyway, and we will make a little bit of money, which helps us keep the show going. Every little penny helps. So next time you go shopping on Amazon, remember, am, like Amazon, steady, like homesteady.com. So the big projects are a new poultry house, a new pig house, a complete new layout to the farm, the road, new paddocks, and also we have to get a livestock trailer. Mm-hmm. So let's let's start at the top, the new poultry house. This all started this whole idea started a brainstorm uh, because you wanted me to clean the duck house.
3: So, everybody remember this. Ask your husband to clean out the duck <laughs> the duck pen and see <laughs> if he'll build you a totally new one cuz he doesn't want to do it.
2: Our duck house is we moved into the property. It already was there. It was like a little kid's playhouse. But it's not great for what we need it to be. It was designed for children to play in. So it's short. I can't go in there and stand up. Every single time I'm in there working, I slam my head on the roof. Something. And I'm. it's like... You know, bending over and prying up the, the bedding. So I, I'm done with that. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so I will he was build on <laughs> a new building.
3: <laughs> all on YouTube trying to find out ways to keep your duck coop cleaner.
2: That was the first thing. I was like, all right, how do we prevent it from getting this bad? But nobody had any good answers. No. If you have a messy. good answer of how to keep ducks nice, please tell me. Because they mat down their poop and it gets solid and hard.
3: It's, yeah, it's wet and yucky.
2: We started brainstorming and now we have a brand new design for a really nice poultry house.
3: Which I'm excited about because the chicken coop we have now, the ducks in, it's kinda it's starting to collapse. Yeah. The foundation is falling in and it's becoming underneath there a cave of rodents. Rats and mice are living in there. They've been
2: chewing holes and burrowing. Yeah,
3: the feed naturally attracts them and I will be excited to bury all
2: that. And there's no foundation on it, so they can tunnel right up through it. Uh, the roof is leaking now. It's it's an old building, and it's it's had its time. Yeah. We've had chickens for six years now, uh, ducks for a couple of years. We, After having the animals for that long and using what was already here, now we've been able to learn what we really want in a chicken in a poultry house. And so this new building is going to be a really good-sized building. If you picture it as a big square divided into thirds, the two outer thirds on each side are gonna be the coop areas for two different separated groups. So we can have chickens on one side of the building and ducks on the other, or we could have turkeys and ducks, meat birds, egg birds, however we wanna divide it, it'll be built in. And then down the center, we'll be able to access all the nest boxes We'll be able to store feed.
3: Another thing we want to be able to do there is brood chicks and a secure draft-free area.
2: And not in our basement.
3: <laughs> no, because brooding chicks in the house, other than the fact that our cat would probably eat them, <laughs> is the smell. Can you
2: picture that YouTube video?
3: Once those meat birds get... Oh, a couple weeks old, they really start to smell. You can clean them out every single day, but that smell, you still have it in your house.
2: And ducklings, too.
3: Ducks. Very
2: wet ducklings. So we want to get the brooding outside. So this new building will have a spot to to do brooding, separate from the other animals. It'll have a concrete floor, so it'll be easy for us to scoop it clean. And one of my favorite parts of this whole design is the far back wall of this building will actually open up. It'll be a little trap door that we can open up and hinge open and so we can scrape out all the stuff we want off the floor, pressure wash it, clean it beautifully and then close it back up tight. So this coop I will be able to clean very easily.
3: We're very fortunate because Austin's dad is a construction guy. (laughs) He's built houses for 50, 40 years. He's been building houses for forty years, so we'll have his knowledge and expertise as we do this. Yeah,
2: and make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel because we're going to show the videos along the way of all the stuff we're doing, and you can learn from those videos. But it's going to be really nice. So this barn, will this poultry house, will be easier to clean, nicer to use. It'll rodent free because it'll be a concrete foundation and then the wood right on top of the concrete you know we won't have to worry about the rodents won't have to worry about predation it'll be a beautiful nice poultry house the animal that i love to do each year is pigs and so of course this year we're going to get a bunch of pigs back on the on the farm we have noticed again over years of doing this with what we had uh, some of the problems we had the biggest problems with the pigs. We're moving them throughout the farm because pigs don't really...
3: You can't push a pig. As soon as a pig knows that you want it to do something, he plants his feet and gets suspicious. Yeah. And to be honest, if I was made of bacon, I would probably be suspicious too. <laughs> I, if anybody hey, wanted to move me anywhere.
2: <laughs> An improvement that we're going to do, we're going to put a new pig pad, a new pig housing area. Uh... And when you
3: say pig pad... It's basically a concrete rectangle that you're going to pour in the ground yeah. with posts, poured, posts and fencing poured into it to make right.
2: it Escape super
3: proof. yeah, pig-proof. pig, pig proof.
2: We do pasture our pigs, but we need a good house pad to bring them in on the farm you and just, to take them away.
3: Yeah, you need something like that in case you have a pig that's sick and you need to catch it. First of all, it's much harder to catch them in pasture than it is in a pen to sort them, give them injections if yeah. they need it.
2: Last year we saw that we needed to. We had our pigs get sick. We needed to give them shots. And the current pig house, pig pen, a pig pad, is a square. It's a big giant square. And you'll notice with a square you can't corral animals. They're running all over the place. So this new pig pad will be a rectangle, a long rectangle. There'll be a housing area where they can go and get protected from the rain and get shade. There'll be water and feed there. But if we need to corral them onto a livestock trailer or off, it'll be much easier to corral them because it'll be a rectangle. So that right there is a huge change. And we can use that same structure for any new animals coming to the farm. This new, it'll be like the gateway to the farm. It'll be a long rectangle concrete pad with fencing built in that any new animal can come and be corralled into the rest of the farm. So I'm really excited about that. This pig pen is actually going to be in a new place. And the reason why is it's going to be the gateway to all our new pastures. We're going to do a ton of earthwork.
3: We mentioned already how we had an issue with the goats and the sheep about not having enough pastures to be able to successfully manage them by, and still keep the worm, the worm load low. Right. Even though we were doing herbal wormers, because we, there were so many of them, And we were having issues with the poisonous plants, it became a problem.
2: Right. So, this new setup, the entire back of the farm is going to be one giant long rectangle pasture, fenced, split
3: into thirds.
2: Split into, well, split into like eighths when we're done. There'll be the entire back. Right now, it is nothing like this. No. But the entire back of the property is going to be a giant long rectangle of beautiful pasture. And we're going to make sure to be very permaculture about this. I don't want a big monocrop grass thing. Uh, we'll, we'll selectively place apple trees and maybe some nut trees or, you know, Whoa. permaculture, brah.
3: Hugaculta. <laughs>
2: Hugaculta. We're going to find things that we can plant that the animals will enjoy eating that won't poison them and will help with the whole big picture. So we'll have all that kind of built into the design.
3: To access all of these new pastures, we also have to cut in a new road Right. to access all the outbuildings, the barn that we couldn't get to, the barn that we couldn't get hay to in the wintertime. We'll be building in a new road so that we have access to all of the buildings.
2: And all the earth we're removing for that new road will then go in to fill and flatten our new pastures. So it's a really big earthworks project, and we're going to get a big, giant excavator here for a couple weeks. And a dump truck and just spend a ton of time moving earth. And again, check out the YouTube channel because you'll be able to see all of this happen.
3: See Austin run an excavator.
2: Now, all these infrastructure changes will make moving the animals throughout the farm much easier. It's going to beautify the farm because the animals are all going to be towards the back with good quality fencing, it all be a nice unified um, area. It won't be like a weird pen over here and a burned out pasture over here. It's going to be easier to manage.
3: We really want this not only to be efficient to save us time, but we want it to look nice as well. We want to add value to the farm.
2: And this is this is our year, form and function. <laughs>
3: That's our battle cry. Form and function! Super, super intimidating battle cry.
2: <laughs> We're going to get a livestock trailer. We've been using a, a dump trailer to deliver pigs for this years. This is my,
3: I am insisting on this this year. For the last five years, we've done pigs. We haven't had a livestock trailer. We've been pushing pigs up on a landscaping trailer. Ramps. And it is a pain in the butt.
2: Yeah. So it's time. It's time I'm for us. We're done last
3: borrowing trailer. a trailer to take our pigs to market. We're getting our own.
2: Now, pigs are not the only things we'll be traveling around in this trailer. And when we come back from a quick word from our sponsors, we'll tell you about all the animals that we're going to have on the farm this year because we are going to have some new ones. Okay, so before we jump into animals, I just wanted to remind everybody uh, if you live in the area of Connecticut, if you're close enough where you'd like to visit the farm, all these infrastructure projects there's going to be a few different days where i'm sure we're going to need some extra hands so we're going to put on some workshops where you can come and help out at the homesteady farm if you would like to come join us for a workshop day learn what we're doing learn why learn about the setup Uh, get to meet us and spend some time getting your hands in the dirt sign up to our email list and that way you will be
3: informed
2: when we have a workshop so Anyway, animals, that's what everybody really likes, you know, wants to know about.
3: That's the fun part of farming, I think. That's, why, that's where we get ourselves into trouble. We get excited about the animals, we skip right to them instead of doing the infrastructure.
2: Not this year. See, we talked about infrastructure first. We're re- we already mentioned we're repeating pigs. Pigs are our highest profiting animal on the farm with the least amount of work. And so I love having pigs.
3: I think they are officially your favorite animal. Yeah. A pig.
2: Yeah, I love pigs. And we did a video on YouTube, if you check out the YouTube channel, uh, we did a video about pigs and how much we earn from pig farming. Every year, our goal is to make over $2,000 so that we can receive some tax cuts. If we gross $2,000, we get the tax cuts. And pigs put us over that line easy every year. So pigs will be coming back on the farm, and of course we'll be getting them from our usual source, Uh, some beautiful Yorkshire land race crossed pigs, a little bit of Berkshire thrown in there from Tom Dexter, our pig guy, and we're probably going to wind up doing about six feeder pigs this
3: year. Last year we missed being able to spend a lot of time with the kids on the farm. And this year, we're making sure that they all have their own little project that we can be involved in. Yeah. So our daughter is getting a new breed of chickens that we've never tried, the Marins. They'll lay a dark chocolate brown egg, so we'll know which eggs are hers. Our son already has the Arakanas. We know he has the blue eggs. And our daughter will have the dark brown eggs, so they'll each be able to sell their own eggs.
2: Our son had a great time with his year, his chickens. The kids love the chickens. They name them. They recognize each chicken. And for homeschooling, it's been an awesome lesson because he's learning about money a little bit, a little bit about business, making change for people. And uh, he's had such a nice time. And at the end of this year, he was able to save up his money and buy a Lego set that he wanted. We started him last year now our daughter's that age where he started and we figured all right let's get her going
3: she wanted to do rabbits but when we explained to her that they would be meat rabbits that we would be butchering she was (laughs)
2: less
3: less than enthused about that and we
2: were i was not going to have a bunch of fiber rabbits running around this farm (laughs) i don't want to be spinning rabbits Spin.
3: No, it's the hair, not the actual rabbit. Right? Oh, okay. Well, you know. Time to spin the rabbit. Not when you watch
2: those PETA videos. They're spinning the they're spinning the rabbit. <laughs> our daughter will have her own chickens. Our son will continue to have his chickens. We're not going to bother getting any more for ourselves. We like to kind of let the kids run the chicken thing.
3: Except for the meat birds, right. we'll get forty meat birds this year to supply us with our our chicken consumption for the year.
2: Yeah, we uh, we love doing the meat birds. Pigs and meat birds are my favorite thing, so we will still get our meat bird order. Uh, we also are going to dabble in some duck meat this year.
3: Dabble. Mm-hmm. Did you do that Dabble purpose? with the ducks. Dabble dabble.
2: We have Muscovies right now, and some people say they're a great meat breed. I can see that. I also don't believe I could kill our Muscovies because they've achieved very much pet status. They've
3: been named, which yeah. is always dangerous.
2: Uh, There's also nice egg layers. Not the best egg layer quantity, but you're supposed to lay nice eggs. Uh, So we're gonna do a few meat ducks. We've done them in the past. And in the past, we did the ducks along with the chickens and we had to butcher everything at once and it was a lot of work. This year, we're just gonna get maybe five peaking ducks and I'm gonna butcher them at the right time. There's a certain time period where if you butcher them It's easier to get all the down feathers out, the pin feathers out. So we're going to get just five so I can keep it manageable, and we'll save those five beautiful ducks for special dinners throughout the year. So we wanted to do just a couple meat
3: ducks. Our daughter's doing the chickens this year, and our son is taking on a new project. In addition to his chickens, he's decided that he wants to raise turkeys.
2: We talked a lot. We did a big family farm meeting and a brainstorm and talked ideas and uh, turkeys seemed like the best idea of all the ones he wanted to try. We knew he could sell a couple, and his the goal for our kids every year is to have a little business, a little homestead business.
3: He wanted, for a business, he wanted to do quail or a horse or turkeys. And Yeah,
2: you can see why we kind of nudged We steered him, him to towards
3: turkeys. We watched a few videos and convinced him that turkeys would be a, a good, profitable enterprise. Each, and he's already sold two of them, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Each turkey poult costs $10. And when you're our son's age, when you're a little boy, and the amount of seed money you have to work with is very limited because this year we made him use his own money to start his new projects. Uh, we figured turkeys would be a great way. He could spend 10 bucks on the poults, trade his work hours on the farm for feed, And be able to sell a couple big beautiful turkeys at the end of the season and earn a nice profit from that, which will surely turn into Legos.
3: They're a step up from a chicken in size and expense, but they're a step down from a feeder pig, which for him, he's six, he wouldn't be able to get feed to the pig the pig would very quickly become just unmanageable for him
2: yeah it would be my pig.
3: A, a pig is a, a dangerous thing for a small child to be unsupervised around
2: one of the important things to us because we're using this as a homeschool project for our kids it's important to us that it'd be something the kids can actually do all themselves and the chickens this year they've been able to feed the chickens they've been able to water the chickens uh, we still oversee and help out with things. But for the most part, the daily chores, the daily chicken chores are all the kids. And so we figured instead of pigs, turkeys would be a great thing for him to be able to manage. Those are the plans for the animals on the farm this year. We're gonna have pigs, chickens, ducks, and turkeys. We have a really big year plan for the farm. A lot of big infrastructure projects. We're going to spend a lot of time during spring and summer working hard on these projects. Our trip is has been put off a little bit further on the calendar. And as we get closer to our trip actually happening, we'll have updates for you. Like we said, it will be a little bit shorter. And on the trip, we're going to have some really fun live podcast events. And more details will be released as the day gets closer with that. If you want to see these infrastructure projects in person don't forget sign up to the email list and we will invite you for some of these workshop days and if you'd like to see what we're doing on these infrastructure projects you can check those out on the YouTube channel just search Home Study in YouTube we're doing we're doing like five, six videos a week right now there's a lot going on the YouTube channel that you're missing out if you're only listening to the podcast
3: I'm excited for the year it's Shocking how much it's changed From the fall It's You know Life changes quickly We're trying to keep up Trying to keep up And And go with the flow Yeah And make the best Of every situation That happens
2: So we hope you guys Enjoy uh, Enjoyed this update I think we're gonna Keep doing Because we have so much Going on this year Each Not maybe not every month But every couple months We'll do an update podcast Just so you can continue To follow our journey Here on the podcast Thanks for joining us. Me and some day. mouse in my pocket.
3: <laughs> in the great outdoors, forever. forever.